Millennials are grossly underestimated. Their jobs aren't their whole world. They have options, they have the internet. Job satisfaction and strength of relationships, there ain't no app for that. Education is not a mechanical system, it's a human system. Any kind of work that's on some level predictable, then that's gonna be susceptible to artificial intelligence and, and machine learning. And that job, where you go to a building and you stay there 40 hours, and then you do that again for 40 years and then you retire, that's gone. Technology magnifies our leverage and increases our creativity. Stay hungry, stay foolish. Please wait as your individualized operating system is initiated. This is the Powerful Nonsense Podcast, guiding you through the madness of modern life. Now, here are your hosts, Wayne Ingram and Jem Yildiz. Sup, powerful nonsenses. Hello. We have returned. Back in your ear holes. Um, if you listen to last week's episode, you'll realise we still have yeah, croaky voices. Because we recorded this half an hour after <laughs> the previous episode. Um, so we are still in a fragile state. Post-Dublin. Post-Dublin state. It's not a hangover. I think it's just... If it was still hangover, I'd be really impressed, actually. I feel all right. It's just my voice. The voice is gone. Well, I had a cold, didn't I? That's the thing. I suppose you were... You're all right. Your immune system is just... Battered. It's shot. It's shot. We were, we were awake while it's down. for 22 hours, Gem, that first day. Party for 22, 22 hours. That is officially burning the candle at both ends. Officially. No candle left. There is no candle. It's just, just a little bit of burnt string. Yeah. <laughs> burnt wick. Um, and on that note, yeah. I am Jimmy Odis. That's right. And uh, I am Wayne Ingram. And uh, welcome to Powerful Nonsense, the millennial podcast. Full of power, sometimes full of nonsense. Mostly nonsense. <laughs> um, so today we're talking about, actually, I think, I think this is possibly one of our favourite little things that we talk about regularly mm-hmm. between ourselves, which is uh, risk and reward. Or as friend of the show, Adam Stansbury would say, is the juice worth the squeeze? It's a question worth asking. Was that asking. his? Did he coin that? It isn't, but it's where we heard it first. Yeah, so he, he, he stole it from someone else and now we're stealing it from him. <laughs> That's right. We're on to you, Stansbury. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yes, um, it's one of the things that, that we use a lot of the time when we're discussing what we should do next with the podcast or even with our own stuff. New ideas. Like, yeah, or ROI, return on investment, things like that. And it's something we talk about a hell of a lot. And I don't think we have actually done an episode on it ever, have we? I don't think so, not so specifically. Have. Certainly it's been a long time if we have done one. Um, so we thought we'd do one, do one today. Um, so... For me, anyway, the reason why... Just, jump, just, just jumping right in. Yeah, you took a long breath. I thought I just... It. Uh, I was, was that like, thinking about my headache. Oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> but I think we like the thing that kind of made me think about this episode initially was when we were in the university talking to students a lot of the time. Mm. Um, that seemed to be the main thing they worried about. And I think that is what most people worry about, whether it's leaving your job, whether it's starting something new. It's this idea that I think automatically our brains worry go straight to the worst possible outcome happening and i think a lot of the time it's what stops people doing anything it's that yeah. idea of they 
they just either don't calculate or miscalculate or don't know how to calculate what the risk is. And I think that usually is the thing that just stops people from even starting in the first place. Yeah, because uh, I mean, with a lot, I mean, most of what we're going to talk about today is going to be in the realm of, of business, but it doesn't just apply to all of that. But but that's kind of the most obvious example to use. And I think, as you say, it is the biggest kind of roadblock is, is it going to, is it A, going to work? And is it B, going to pay off? I think uh, are the two main things. Um, the, is it going to work being the obvious one? Because I think so many people have the ambition of quitting their day job with business which is a very risky thing to do and actually not something that we necessarily advocate. Um, we advocate sort of build over time so that you can actually put that risk aside and that not be a factor in what you're doing. Um, but also there's kind of this, this thought that, um, that you could look like a bit of a tit as well. (laughs) If it all goes wrong. Yeah. Um, and I think, and I think that, particular side of things actually applies so much to to outside of of business as well um but we'll kind of get into that in a little bit more detail later in the episode i think um the first thing really i think to to kind of note is that if you are deciding that you want to go into business entrepreneurship freelance work whatever you want to call it you are signing up to a lifetime of risk that's one thing I think you really need to be clear on. You are signing up to a lifetime of risk. Now, there are ways to kind of mitigate that and there are ways to kind of hedge your bets a little bit, but ultimately that's what you're signing up for. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, I think, took a big gamble um, with What the Pitter. Mm-hmm. Um, I certainly took a quite a big gamble this time last year when I decided to turn 80% of my income into freelance income. Um, And amongst other things as well, um, setting up a theatre company, that was quite a big risk. One that actually ultimately didn't pay off, Mm -hmm. really. The theatre company is still going, but it hasn't... I've I've definitely lost more on that theatre company than I've gained, for sure. Yeah, I think one thing a lot of people need to consider is like risk is going to be around, like you say, in everything you do. It's just part, it's inherent, it's inherent to entrepreneurship ultimately and i think what you need to kind of get to a point is is like how much risk can you actually afford mm. so like everything i've done is kind of it's affordable risk it's not going to always work out well there are really they could be really bad size for like you say you could end up creating a theater company and it ends up not giving you what you wanted out of it and okay and the, the clear thing there is you've lost time and effort that you put into it but i think a lot of the time like you might even like I don't think it's even just specifically like freelancing or starting a business because there is risk in having a job, but it's just mm. that it's affordable risk That's and it's it. more risk that you're used to because it's mitigated risk, isn't it? Yeah, and it looks it looks more structured and safer on the outside, but it's kind of. I think that's what happens with entrepreneurship. You kind of understand that risk is part of the process. And I think for me, like I'm, I guess it might be nice to share our stories of kind of managing that risk and the thought processes that we kind of had in place when we were starting those things. So for me, with what the pitter are, my vegan donna uh, business that I created last year, for me, I was, again, I was quite comfortable because I was doing a lot of freelancing work. So I had my freelance clients and initially the investment was okay you need to put a chunk of money into this 
Um, we're going to test it out for a 30-day period. We had a rolling contract, which was a way of managing the risk. It wasn't signing up for something that it, it was going to last for a year. We'd have to buy expensive lease. It was, you know, this is a 30-day practice and see what happens. How much money am I going to put into it? Well, I've got to figure out what I'm totally happy and willing to lose to understand that that money that I'm putting in might just go up in flames. Um, also, the risk of working with someone for the first time, having a new business partner, the risk of will the customers turn up, is the demand right? So there was many risks, and it was actually one of the probably the riskiest things I've done. But it was risky in the opportunity, but it wasn't risky to my actual lifestyle because I was still earning. Yes, I'm going to end up putting a lot more time into something that doesn't have a guarantee payoff. But at the same time, I knew my bases were covered, that I could still fit my... Um, my video work around that opportunity. Mm -hmm. And so for me, the risk to reward was like, this could work out really well. And I think a lot of people doubted whether it would be as, as do as well as it did, but it was enough that me and my business partner could see that actually this was a risk worth taking. And I think that's, that was the key really is that finding that can I afford this risk? Am I willing to lose the time? And um, am I just going to trust the process? I'm not kind of, if, I, if I'm taking this risk, I'm not going to put myself on the back foot by telling myself of how likely it is to fail. Is saying, I know there's a risk, but I'm not going to focus on a risk. I'm going to focus on, I'm going to be optimistic enough to say that there is a possibility and that, that's all I'm going to think about while I'm taking that risk. Because what's the point? The risk is there. I've invested into it. I might as well now go in with every with all guns blazing saying, well, there is a possibility and that's all I'm going to focus on. And I think a lot of the time that is what actually probably helped make it a success is that I wasn't constantly thinking, shit, we're not making enough sales. Or, oh no, what's going to happen if I lose my money? How am I, I've been saving for so long and now that money's going to disappear. It was just kind mm -hmm. of accepting what is and then just going after it. Yeah, I think the, the key thing there that you said actually at the very, very beginning was that you <clears throat> you worked out how much you were willing to lose. And it was that expectation that I will lose this money. I kind of do think the same with kind of uh, deposits on a place that you're renting. It's just assume that that money is gone. Just just accept that you're probably not going to get that back. And if you get that back, that's great. You're, you're up. Bonus money. <laughs> Except, that's it. But assume that you're not going to get it. And, and the same with taking risk in business particularly um, is, in fact, no, not even business particularly everything is what are you willing to lose and if you if you can put up what you are willing to lose um then you're fine it's when you start putting up more than you're willing to lose that's when actually you're more likely to fuck it up because you're then in a scarcity mindset automatically which is that everything's riding on this now and if this goes wrong I'm fucked. And then you'll actually probably end up making stupid mistakes because you're thinking you're panicking. You're, and you're thinking about the wrong outcome. Yeah, as well. You've got to also understand that there is um, risk in terms of, I think number one, people say, well, what's the risk? Well, initially people look at money, but actually there's a lighter risk there is time. And now can you mm. afford to lose five hours a day working on this project for a year? Maybe you can. And then on the other side, it's kind of like, well, actually risk is often based on the uh, the knowledge of the risk like in terms of how i only know this is a risk because of what i know about the actual context of what it is whereas actually people mitigate businesses mitigate risk because they're doing the research inside and out on that idea or that concept that they're going to push forward it's not like total going in blind it's not that kind of build it and they will come attitude it's kind of 
I can see, and it's and and it's it's hard as well, especially for like new people into business because they think actually, well, if I <laughs> if I learn everything about this subject and I know ins and outs and I do my research for three four years, then I'll figure out how risky it is and then I'll start. And again, that's not a good way to be about. It. Like I didn't have a clue about food businesses but I saw an opportunities, but I didn't go ins and outs. I didn't look in research of vegan food. What's the market trend saying? I didn't look at that stuff. And But sometimes having enough knowledge on a concept, like I had an awareness that it was a trend and it was something that I was considering. And if I was considering it, how many other people are starting to go on a, a, vegan, a vegan diet? And so it felt something was right. So I think sometimes knowledge can help you mitigate risk, but as long as it's not the, at the expense of just making you kind of... Um, stand still and not actually taking action mm. i actually think back to and this is actually this is actually a life lesson that i learned from would you believe it wwe <laughs> i remember years and years and years ago there was a promo that vince mcmahon did um and he was talking basically talking about himself as a businessman and he said um it was a i'm gonna slightly go off script here um <laughs> Do you remember the uh, invasion storyline? WCW comes in to invade WWE. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you remember, remember that, that storyline? Yeah. yeah. And do you remember the Survivor Series match, which was WCW versus WWE, yeah, yeah, yeah. and whoever won, whoever lost, had to close, ch- shut down the business? Uh-huh. It was at that Survivor Series. And uh, Vince McMahon was doing a promo, and he was basically saying... I have only got where I am as a businessman because I take risk, not risk for risk's sake, but calculated risk. And that is one promo that has always stuck in my head when I think about business. Are you taking risk for the sake of taking the risk or have you calculated the risk? And that's where it comes to what are you willing to to lose? You know, Uh, one of the things that I always think about when I am about to take a risk is what is the worst case scenario if everything goes to shit and i absolutely lose everything what position am i in and if i'm still in a position where it's like okay i've survived that before i can survive that again then that's fine Mm -hmm. um but if i'm in a position where it's kind of like well if i if it goes wrong i'm in a position that i'm not comfortable with then i know that's a risk not worth taking and it's as simple as that really in many ways um I don't think there's a huge amount to it, but you have to you have to get out of your own way is often the problem, and I think that's where people struggle with it is is they kind of think about yeah, but and what if and and it's 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 just not good. Um, when we were talking to the students that as you mentioned earlier, actually some of the biggest issues were not necessarily about what's the financial risk but actually the risk to self-esteem, the risk to reputation, the risk to street credit, the risk of losing their idea that they've invested so much thought time into. Um, You know, this idea that, well, I've had this idea for six months, I've not done anything with it, but it's six months of my time that I've been thinking on it and I don't actually want to execute on it because if I execute on it and it goes wrong, that's six months of an idea that I've lost. Yeah. And I think that sometimes gets in people's way quite a lot is that they think and think and think and think and think to the point that actually they don't want to do it anymore because it's it's actually a pipe dream now. And it's kind of like, oh, that would be wonderful if that worked rather than just kind of going and doing it. And I think you got, I think that's very, very relevant for like young people, especially in graduate stuff or people who are starting these business for the first time is that it's so, that reputation is so on the line. It's that fear of just the starting point really. Mm. 
But um, yeah, it was interesting to see like how people weren't willing to actually execute on their idea because of that full time. And then they haven't got the, I don't know, that sort of impetus to go and just carry it through. Mm. Um, yeah. And the, and the thing is as well, like sometimes you'll be in a position where you're actually creating risk in your head that isn't even there. You know, uh, particularly when you're starting to talk about the emotional investment that you have in whatever you're you're talking about um you're creating risk that's not there you're you're worried about i uh, i don't know um it's a fear it's a, of na- it's a n- natural bias as well like you're yeah. on you're instantly going to look at all of the bad things but i think you're also programmed to think that you should succeed at everything you do if you put enough effort and you care but like mm. but that's not always the case there's no. so many outside factors and i think the best sort of entrepreneurs are the ones that understand like I'm pretty sure if my food business failed and who to say it won't end up failing like you never know uh, it could it could, it could go overnight exactly so you never know but I think that's part of the process and I think all good entrepreneurs all good businessmen all good people that have achieved anything in life they take risk and they accept that yes this might or it will fail and it's just that's part of the process I think the only growth is in taking those risks it's a risk to walk up to a girl and say hey you're pretty can I get your number that's a risk, but the reward is there. And I think constantly the people that are progress- progressing in their lives are constantly taking risk and they're just not getting so offended by it when it doesn't turn out the way they wanted. Yeah, I think so. And I think like, I'm, I think I'm about to take the biggest financial risk I think I've taken in my adult life with um, going back to drama school. And it was one of those things where I have reputation on the line, <laughs> I think, um, because there are going to be people judging me for going back to drama school after six years being in the industry. Um, and there are also going to be some people that might look at that as a failure on my part. So there's reputational risk there as well. There's financial risk in that actually I'm, I'm not, not got a student loan for this. This is coming out of my pocket. Um, so I'm having to put, I'm having to work more longer hours to make up for it. But what I did was I kind of thought about it and I thought, well, my career's not moved particularly far in six years. Um, I think that might be an issue with the fact that I haven't, I've trained at university rather than a drama school, which doesn't matter to me because I think the training was great, but I think the industry might view it that way. Um, my network's not great, so I need to improve my network. Um, and I currently don't have an agent. So if it's going to help me get a better agent, great. That's going to cost me two grand a year to go to this drama school, which is part-time. So that means that I'm not risking the lifestyle that I've spent six years to build that if you've been listening to this podcast, you'll have heard about. Um, Worst case scenario is if I don't get anything out of this, if I can't pay it off in time after 12 months, um, I've got the I've got my overdraft I can go into. Um, I'll have still had a better network. I'll have still had more training, so I'll be professionally better. Worst case scenario is financially, I'll be back at the bottom of my overdraft, and my ego will be hurt. Mm-hmm. That's the worst case scenario. And how much do you consider? Obviously, you mentioned reputation. How much do you feel was that a thought in your head? Because I think a lot of people it might because I I feel a lot of the time. When people say oh, my reputation, obviously that is an external mm. kind of maybe Absolutely. invisible pressure. Um, 
to be honest, it hasn't really been something that I've massively thought about because I don't give a fuck, <laughs> frankly, because I know that what I'm doing makes logical sense to me. And if if people want to look at my decision to take that risk as a, oh, look at him, what a fucking idiot, that's up to them. But I'm pretty confident in the decision that I've made. It might not pay off. It might not pay off. And I may look like a prick to those those people. But those are also the people whose opinions I couldn't give a damn about, frankly. Yeah, because I feel that's what, as you say, like that's what holds a lot of people back. They're very, very worried whether what their parents might think or what their friends mm-hmm. are going to think. And yeah, I, get, I had the same when I went freelance initially from leaving my job. It's straight away you've got that everybody looking at you. But it's can you kind of carry on without those people stopping you? Because I genuinely think that they are the things that stop you the most mm-hmm. is that sort of pleasing the invisible crowd but sometimes pleasing the people that are telling you who around you telling you no this is the wrong thing to do think how risky it is how safe you currently are and i think they're the ones you've got to really kind of get over because money can come and go but i think the bit that affects you psychologically the worst thing is what happens is if your your parents are telling you don't do it you do it and then you fail and now your parents like told you so that is going to damage you way more psychologically than you saying, well, yeah, I spent two grand because now the next time you know that they're going to go, look what we told you last time and you're going to go do it again. But mm. ultimately, if you want to get the things you want out of life, you're going to have to go again over and over again so you can't get too hung up on what other people are saying. That's it. But let's let's hone in on the ego side of things here. And I mean ego in the general sense, not in the negative connotations of ego, in the general sense. So if it goes wrong, you look like a twat. <laughs> Everybody's like, what an idiot. That's the worst case scenario um, because actually most people won't be thinking that. There'll be the odd people that will, that frankly probably aren't that don't great care. mates anyway. And they don't care, to be honest. Yeah, I think. <laughs> exactly. Or the flip side is that it does really, really well and those same people then either hate you because you've been so successful <laughs> and they're jealous or they end up kissing your ass. Yeah, it becomes a kind of oh my god, you actually went and did it. That's really brave mm-hmm. of you. You're mm-hmm. so inspiring, mm-hmm. and <laughs> you're inspiring unless you don't fuck up. Basically, yeah, yeah. that's the flip. That's side. that's the flip side of that. Yeah, yeah. And on the other side, with the actual supportive people, you're going to have uh, the worst case scenario is the supportive people are still going to be supportive. Go well, you tried, you did your best, blah 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 blah. Which okay, yeah, that might hurt your ego a little bit because you're kind of like, yeah, well, my best wasn't good enough and all that. But then on the flip side, the upside is that those people are going to be so unbelievably proud of everything that you've managed to achieve. And I just think the upside, juice worth the squeeze, is like if that's the risk, you've got people who who love you, supporting you, and being really proud of you. People that don't really like you all that much kissing your ass. <laughs> yeah. I'll take that upside, you know, yeah. on the ego front alone, you know. Um, so I think don't get don't get too wrapped up in in your own psychological warfare that you're playing with yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. Cause it's just, that's going to be ultimately what's going to stop you more than, more than necessarily the financial risk. And I think we saw that so much when we were talking with the students mm-hmm. again, it was, there was so much of psychological battling and mindset battling that we actually had to work through with some students just to kind of go, well, actually, no, look at it from this perspective and look at it through this lens because you're going to serve yourself so much better and serve the people that you're ultimately trying to deliver value to. Mm -hmm. That's what I mean. Like a lot of people will then go, actually, look at all the risk on me, but actually look at all the reward that you give to potentially the clients or the people you decide to make a business for. Mm. 
Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and the, there is something that I've actually been thinking about for a while, which I think you've put in these notes, Gem, um, that I completely agree with. And I've thought about this for a while, particularly, particularly from um, the side of a professional creative. But it applies to um, business and, and most other things as well, which is this idea that really the, the main thing that's going to separate the, the successful people from the non-successful people is the people willing to take the risk ultimately because yeah sure you might take one risk and it might not pay off but you take risk number 10 and that one pays off 20 fold mm-hmm. you're in such a strong position and actually you then put yourself a cut above the average joe you know because it's actually finally paid off uh again looking at what the pitter so far it's so far touch wood paying off for you mm-hmm um, I didn't think it was going to work. I told you I didn't think it was yeah. going to work. I exp- I broke down why I didn't think it was going to work, and this was my logic, and blah 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 blah. And but you took the risk because you rightly said, well, but if it does work, this is what the upside is, and you went for it, and so far it's paying off. Yeah, and I think you got to consider also just like a muscle. Again, we spoke about it many times in many things. Like, but also risk taking is like a muscle. It get, you get more confident in your ability to make decisions on that risk. So yeah, if the first one fails, it just means you'll be like, okay, well, what did I? You again, you're learning constantly from that sort of failure in it. We've heard it millions of times. You learn from failure, but it's true, and I think that's what makes risk become less risky as you get more and more experience in what you do and that's why when we're saying to the students like forget it like if this one fails don't worry because the next one's only going to get better and you're going to learn what you messed up in that business or what you didn't consider in the first one and so it is that idea that actually you are you you do become stronger the more risk you take like with my business we started in a little shed but now we're up to almost three locations and then we're thinking even bigger than that because we've got to that point where we feel we can manage the risk and it is still risky but it's, again, affordable risk. It's, we can handle that kind of risk. Mm-hmm. And worst case scenario, you know, if you expand to, say, five properties, worst case scenario is that a few of them fold and you just shrink the business back down to two or three. And then find out, okay, well, why did it fold? What did we have in place? And then you maybe go back up again. It's mm-hmm. kind of that's the whole process of business. It's enjoyable. I like the, I, I like the risk there, but mm-hmm. it's not a stupid risk. It's not just jumping off a cliff and hoping you survive. Well, that's it. Again, it goes back to that calculated risk. Mm-hmm. It's like not... Not going, oh, well, uh, people t- that take risks are successful, so uh, let me remortgage my yeah. house. And that's what I'm saying. And so there comes the ego coming in at a dangerous point sometimes where you take uncalculated risk because you're doing risky things because it's for the show. It's kind of, well, mm. people tell you to leave your job and go out on your own, and you do it yeah. because it's everyone's going to pat you on the back in that moment that you took that risk. But actually, that was your ego thinking that, yeah, I want to show to everyone that I'm this and that rather than actually now I calculated my risk without uh-huh. it with like putting my ego aside and That's then you've got true. a bigger chance. I mean, not that Dragon's Den is a accurate portrayal of business, but I think of those times where the people are pitching and they're like, yeah, I remortgaged my house. Uh, my house is the collateral on this business. And the dragons suddenly go, uh, yeah, I don't want any part of that. Um, but they almost say it like, a, look how, look how invested I am in this. Look how much I care. And the dragon's going to go, yeah, but that's a stupid thing to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, why have you done that? Um, because your product sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs a cucumber topper? <laughs> Which I think one of them was. <laughs> um, and, and I think it, it kind of is that kind of like, well, if I 
take unnecessary risk. It's kind of like the kudos I'm going to get for that is is going to be great. And actually, some people might say it to your face, yeah, 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 go for it, you know, go you. But behind that, behind your back, they're probably going, "What a fucking idiot!" Because uh-huh. that's the thing, you never really know what's being said behind your back mm-hmm. when you're taking these stupid risks. You only know what people are telling you. Yeah. And that's a very interesting thing to think about. Yeah, if people, if people are patting you on the back before you've achieved anything, that's a worrying sign. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, yeah, go you, well done you. And then yeah. you, it's kind of, I've not done anything yet. It's yeah. like, yeah, but, yeah, but, but you... you. <laughs> <laughs> all right i guess cool. we can kind of wrap it up i think so there, I, I think, think we touched so. enough points quite yeah quite a lot of cool stuff there. quite like that okay great um so if you've got any thoughts if you've screw it if you have a kind of maybe you've got a business idea you're thinking should i go in should i go all in should i just dip my toe in the water or even if you have, if you've got a story of where you have took a risk and it did pay off or took a risk where it really just <laughs> shit hit the fan, um, let us know. Um, I'd actually quite like to uh, share a few stories on the podcast at some point. Um, so hit us up. Uh, send me an email, wayne at powerfulnonsense.com or you can email Jem if you prefer, Jem at powerfulnonsense.com, spelt C-E-M, um, or hit us up on the Twitters at pn underscore podcast. Um, oh, and also leave us a review. That'd be great. Thanks. Great. So uh, thanks very much for tuning in, and we shall catch you next time. See you later.